This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. doctrine that's not biblical, it is a doctrine of demons because it com- it's a lie. It comes from who? The father of lies, Satan himself. That's why we need to study the Bible. We need to know what is true in doctrine. And that is why we study here expositorily, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. Because you can't, no one can say, well, is it, is it there? Yeah, we're reading it verse by verse. And we study God's word When you live in a culture where the term fake news has become commonplace, it's not always easy to discern what is true and what's not. Pastor Eddie shares today that we should be careful to keep the Bible as the standard for truth when it comes to the wide variety of teachings that surround us. Just because someone says something authoritatively, even claiming to be Christian doesn't mean they're speaking the truth. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4. As he continues his message, Warning Against False Teachers. God has given man a free will, He created us free moral agents. You had a choice to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior, did you not? Did he, was he forced on you? Did he force you to worship him? No. And here's the key. With that free will, when you accept Jesus Christ, does that negate your free will? Does that take away your free will? As to say, wait a minute, I got you trapped. You have a contract with me. You're mine. Well, here's the thing. And I've seen, and, and God, you know, it, it's sad. I literally know two people One woman gave her life to the Lord, and it was evidence that that she was serving the Lord, worshiping God. She was part of the worship team. She was in tears. She did things that were just so Christian-like. Later on, I find out in life, some years have passed. We finally caught up, and she tells me, I don't believe Jesus Christ is the Lord. Can that happen? And if that can happen, is she still a Christian? It's based on belief. Is based on belief. That's what holds us, is belief. Now you may say, well, no, no, she's still a Christian, really. So if she says, Jesus, I don't want you anymore, Jesus is going to say, I'm sorry, you're with me. I'm sorry, you're with me. Is that the case? If God didn't force you to accept me, he's not going to force you to stay with him. It's the same way in a marriage. Now, God, Christ would do anything. He would never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He would do everything he can in his power to keep you, to minister to you, and, and to put you know, roadblocks in your life so that you would not turn away. For example, Romans chapter 11, verses 19 to 21, gives us a perfect picture of how us Christians being grafted in, right? The, Israel is the olive tree, and the Gentiles who've been grafted in, we're the wild olive tree, and how you can graft a little branch in the tree. That's what happened. The Old Testament, salvation is of the Jews. Jesus is a Jew, so that was the plan from the very beginning, but all nations, Gentiles, will be grafted in. 
You remember that in, in Romans chapter 11? Look at, I'm gonna give you this passage just for, you know, for time's sake. In Romans chapter 11, verses 19 and 20, this is what Paul writes. You say then, brethren, speaking to the Gentiles who've been grafted in, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. So those that didn't believe, the Jews, and he said, well said, because of what? Unbelief, because of unbelief. They were broken off, and you stand by in faith. But this is what he says, don't be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. It's belief. It's belief. I one time spoke to a man who knows the Bible, been a minister for many years. I said, well, I got a perfect example. What if one sex the Lord Jesus Christ? And people say, oh, well, he probably wasn't converted. Well, how do you know that? You got a Bible verse for that? But here's the thing. He said, I said, well, here's an example. Um, that's my view. And there's scholars on both sides. But here's the thing. I think it's a dangerous thing to say that once saved, always saved, especially someone just gave their life to the Lord. Or just passed, go collect $200. You know? Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. You're saved. Okay, here's the seal. Okay, you can live your life, do whatever you want. You know, and just you know, all the warnings we have in the Bible. You know how many warnings are in the Bible? Why are we warnings? Why are there warnings? It's not only for the, the enemy, but it's warning for you too. Not to be deceived. Stay the course, right? The letters to the seven churches. He overcomes. He overcomes seven times to every church. He overcomes. So if you don't overcome, you still get the reward. Think about it. Think about that. But here, Jesus also said this. In John chapter 15, verse 6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch. And is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Jesus also said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, 23, remember this? You know this one? For not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? This person has a better resume than me. And he says in verse 23, and then I would declare to him, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Again, some would say, well, they probably would never save. How do you know that? We can't even tell. I bet you that person, if that person was around here, okay, he prophesied in the name of Jesus. He healed in the name of the Okay, All these wonders that only you can say, it only comes from God. I'm pretty sure we will say, hey, wait a minute. That guy, is, he's saved. He's anointed. But Jesus is going to say to some of those, I never knew you. You see how we might misjudge someone who is a Christian? We might misjudge someone who was saying that he's not a Christian. So God deals with us differently. I know people who surrender their lives to Jesus Christ, and their life changed like this. I know some people, it just gradually, it took a while. And they are fired for Jesus. And then we start judging people. Oh, they probably never were saved. How do we know that? But God knows. God knows, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, it says, the Lord knows those who are his. So can you lose your salvation? Not because you sin, or not that anything from the outside, the demonic spiritual realm can separate you from God. Nothing can separate you from God. However, you are the problem. You can say, Lord, I don't want this anymore. I don't believe in you anymore. Yes, I had all the evidence. And I could, so I like what Chuck Smith said. He said it best and some others, you know, teachers. It says, you can't lose your salvation, but you can walk away from it. You can walk away from it. God is not going to keep you. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Jesus, I hate you. I worship Satan now. I'm sorry. I, I, I mentioned that to someone, and, and that what if the guy turns to Satan, his priest, oh, God would kill him. Okay, show me that. How does God, oh, when you're about to sin. So God could kill me when I sin. I could leave out of here, and somebody could cut me off, and I could just say moron, right? And God could take me, right? You see, that's not the way it works. It's unbelief. That's why we have the warnings, hence, and the warnings we're going to see now. So back to our study. He says, in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines and demons. You know, when they depart the faith, when they're not abiding in Christ, when they're not, where their belief has, they, they have no more belief, what's going to happen? They're going to fall into all kinds of doctrines. And Paul calls it doctrines of demons. It's a, a figurative sense. He's not saying that there's a doctrine that's teaching about demons, about demons, but that is inspired by demons. Why? Any doctrine that's not biblical, it is a doctrine of demons because it comes, it's a lie. It comes from who? The father lies, Satan himself. That's why we need to study the Bible. We need to know what is true in doctrine. And that is why we study here expositorily, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. Because you can't, no one can say, well, is it, is it there? Yeah, we're reading it verse by verse. And we study God's word. So verse 2, this is something else a false teacher would do. In verse 2, he says, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with an hot iron. The word hypocrisy in the Greek is hypocrisis, and it means acting. It means reciting. So when you see in ancient times in theaters, they would have one face, happy face, and they'll take another, uh, hold another uh, face, which would be a, a sad face, happy face. So that's pretty much what a hypocrite is. And so false teachers who have departed from the faith, okay, they believe in another Jesus. That's why we have so many religions, so many cults out there, right? The Jehovah Witness believe in a Jesus. Is it the right Jesus? No. You can't be saved with that Jesus. The Mormons believe in a Jesus. Can you be saved through a Mormon Jesus? No. The, Mo the, the, the Muslims believe in Jesus. No, we believe in the Jesus. Which Jesus are you talking about is the one that's written in scriptures, and so the, it, these false teachers, in the same way, they deceive and they depart from the faith and given themselves to false doctrines that they're acting. They're wearing a mask. They're wearing a mask. False teachers act and mask and they hide their true identity. And they don't want anyone to know what they're really deceiving people for, from with, actually. They don't right off the bat tell you. They'll give you all the good stuff right up front. I love, this. I love the, the gospel message. The real gospel message is not like Jesus loves you. Yes, he does. He has a plan for your life. Yes, he does. But the true gospel message is that we need Jesus. His blood paid for my sins, and people need to repent, turn their lives around. True repentance and through the blood of Jesus Christ, without watering down the blood, without watering down repentance, that's true repentance. And that's the truth. There's sometimes when people tell you uh, things about their religion, or they may, may talk about the scriptures. You know, they may say some nice things, but you need to question yourself what are they not saying? What are they hiding? What are they really saying? Not only are they hypocrites, but they also lie. You know, 
They're hypocrites. They speak Christianese. They, have, they know Bible turn phrases. They sing. But they also lie. And they are fully aware that they are purposely deceiving people. They know what they're doing. Paul is giving us warnings with this. Why? What happened in chapter 1 with Hymenius and, and Alexander? He sent them out. He said, I sent them over to Satan. Why? Because they're leading other people away from the faith. That's serious. And so they're lying. And it says they're conscious. They're conscious. Here, here they're, they're conscious. They're seared with a hot iron. In other words, their mind, their conscience is so... It's so distorted and it's branded. It's like when you, you know, when they seal a, they brand an animal, a cattle, with a hot iron. It's the same way their, their conscience has been seared to the point where they have no concern of what they're doing. They have no care who they're hurting. And many times we see that. When do we see it? I see it all the time in, you know, the Christian channels. Be careful with the Christian channel. There's a lot of false teachers out there. Prosperity preachers, you know, the name and claim it, blabbing and grabbing, shaking and baking people. They think they could demand God to do whatever they want. Prosperity, oh, you're not, you're not wealthy, then you're in sin. Or if you have faith, then you could be wealthy and, and, and healthy. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's what Jesus said to the church of Smyrna. He said, you're poor, but you're rich. Laodicea, they had everything. Church had everything. The government offered to rebuild their, their city after a, 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 an earthquake. <laughs> Historically, that's what happened with Laodicea. And they were so rich, they turned down government funding. Ever, ever heard of that? What state, what turns down government funding? They find every reason to get funded by the government. But they were so wealthy, the citizens of Laodicea, that they, built, they rebuilt their own city. Jesus said, you're rich, but you're poor. You're naked. But these, there was one TV evangelist. He wrote a letter to a man who had cancer. This man was contributing to his ministry $400 a month. Then later on, he writes a letter. He said, God spoke to me this morning. This is a false teacher. One whose conscience is seared. You're going to see. God spoke to me this morning specifically about you, Tom. And he's going to heal you. You know those letters they sent out? You know, it's a, it's a general letter. They just type in the person's name. The problem with that letter was it was sent three months after he died. But that's nothing. I've seen reports where people who are writing letters that they're broken, they're hurting to these fake ministries. They take the money and throw the letters in the, in the garbage. And some of those letters were found. A widow, woman didn't have anything. She gave all she had, just like in the Bible. Letters were never answered. People, family, a single parent, you know, can barely hold a job because she's taking care of a disabled child at home. Her letter's thrown away. Conscience is seared. And that's what false prophets do. You need to be careful. Let's put it this way. If they're on TV, they're doing okay. They don't need any more money. That's my opinion. They don't need any more money on TV, especially if they got a jet. And a mansion. Some of them have several jets. Some, you know, I remember two of them were talking. Two of them were talking on, and it was a, it was a clip, a video. And it says, no, I can't fly on the plane and, and fly with some heathens and demons. I said, what, are you going to need a rocket next? Everybody's a demon. That's where you should be, sharing the gospel. You know how many people were ministering in the plane? If they have it, they don't need it. 
So anyway, they, these, these are the kind of false teachers that their conscience are so seared, they no longer have any sensitivity towards people, God's people and people in general. They lie, they deceive. They're not even bothered by it. They continue on. This guy, Robert Tilton, he's still trying to make it. It's sad. Another thing about false teachers, legalism. Legalism. Let's look at verse 3. He says, he says, they're teaching forbidding to marry. Forbidding to marry. And there was teachers saying, listen, if you really want to be right and holy and, you know, spend time with God, don't get married. You want to be right with God, don't get married. So they forbid marriage between a man and a woman, which is contrary to God. God was the one who created and instituted marriage. The Lord, in the beginning, he said in Genesis chapter 2, verses 18, it said, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper. That word helper, by the way, is the same helper as the Holy Spirit. Parakletos, comparable to him. When a person or denomination or religion forbids marriage, what they're actually doing is they're attacking what God has created and ordained from the very beginning. And even in the New Testament, Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, confirms this in Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 to 6. He's, Jesus said, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. <laughs> They're making a rule out of it. They're legalistic about it. They're making a religious thing. No, don't get married. Next, a false teacher, a false teacher not only telling, hey, you want to be holy? Don't get married. You're going to say, hey. What are you eating? What's your diet? Look at it, verse 3 again. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods. I'm always going to have a problem with that one. That's something I'm not going to follow. <laughs> False teachers were teaching that to abstain from certain food. If, if you want to, to be right with God, don't eat these foods or don't abstain fasting and make it three days, make it four days. But it's not so much for fasting. It's not for separating the flesh. And it's good to fast. There were certain foods, certain dietary laws. You know, those laws were given in the Old Testament for a reason. For a reason. When the Lord said that they shouldn't, you know, have meat with dairies because the pagans were practicing boiling a calf in its mother's milk. That was a practice. And that's where it began, the, the dairy and the meats. But Abraham... <laughs> Ah, he served, he served meat and dairy, right? <laughs> Remember when he was in his tent and these three came and the Lord's going to tell him, hey, listen, I'm going to destroy, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah. So it was Jesus Christ. It was Christophany. He came with angels and he told his servant, hey, prepare a table, get the ca best calf, get all this milk and all that stuff. It wasn't a problem back then, but there was a reason. But there's a purpose for that. And, and again, if you want to look at the laws, the dietary laws, you, you can't eat camel, you can't have a bat, you can't eat bat. Who would want to do that? <laughs> that's like, that's like, okay, God, we got that one. <laughs> you know, but just in case, someone might be crazy enough, you know? Anyway, you know, some people are so caught up and legalist about what they eat, when they eat it, but it's not what goes in the mouth that makes a man unclean. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, verse 11, he said, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, 
But what comes out of his mouth, this defiles a man. You're worried about what you're eating, but meanwhile, you're cursing like a sailor. I'm sorry for you Navy guys, but you know what I'm talking about. You're worried about what you eat. It's solely, oh, fish on Fridays, fish on Fridays. Where's that? That's not biblical, by the way. I love seafood, but if I want a cheeseburger on a Friday, you know I'm going to have two. <laughs> That's not biblical. But, you know, they're concerned about what they eat. Meanwhile, they can lie, slander, gossip. You know, you could destroy a person with your tongue. So, God created a digestive system. You know that? And for that reason. I like what Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13. He says, food for the stomach and stomach for food. That's it. Very simple. People are getting really legalistic about, you know, what they eat. Don't get me wrong. You need to take care. I mean, you know, take care of the body. If you know there's certain foods that you know, your body don't agree with, don't eat it. It's not good for you. Don't eat it. It's okay. But everything with prayer and thanksgiving. So both marriage and foods were created by God. That's what he says in verse 3. In the rest of verse 3, he says, Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods, which God created to be received with what? Thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Because God created, he created both marriage and foods. Because we believe and know the truth, we're not subject by the law. We receive everything with thanksgiving. We're made righteous because of Jesus Christ, not by certain practices, rules, and rituals. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Verse 4, he said, For every creature of God is good, and nothing should be refused. If it's received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God. And prayer, everything God created is good. Before the flood, Noah and his family and all those that were alive before the flood, they were just eating vegetables. They were vegetarians. That's biblical. We saw that. But after the flood, the Lord said, hey, listen, you know what? Uh, you can have a cheeseburger. It's okay. He allowed meats to be included in the diet. And God knew. He didn't say, okay, um, you know, maybe, maybe I should let them eat meat. No, he knew from the very beginning. So it's okay. As for me, I'm a meditarian. I love meat. Vegetables, sometimes. I try my, trust me, I do try. I do try. Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, it says this. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths. Don't get so legalistic about that. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. Have you ever wondered why there are so many letters written in the New Testament? 1 Timothy is just one of many letters that gives you some insights into the ministry that was happening after the time that Jesus lived here on earth. There were struggles and there were successes, but you realize that as great as these missionaries and pastors were, they also were just human. They had strengths, weaknesses, discouragements, and moments of triumph. Isn't it great to know and to relate to people in the Bible? They're spiritual pillars in some ways, but you come to realize that they were people that God used. 
just like he can use you in this time and place. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Once again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. We hope you'll refer to our website for additional resources that include hearing these messages again or learning about the church behind the ministry. Join us again for another edition of Running the Race.